Graham Elliott here. A little while ago, I had the opportunity to do um, a trip across Botswana. So that was an overland actually started in Windhoek in Namibia and went all the way up to Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. And in fact, I went there because I needed to be in Victoria Falls for um, a volunteering project that you may have heard me speak about previously. And I really wanted to do the overland trip across Botswana, partly because I really wanted to cut down how much flying I was doing, to be honest, and doing, to be honest. But also, it just seemed a great opportunity to go across an amazing country like that at ground level. And in many ways, it didn't disappoint. I did, it, I, did I guess, in hindsight, make the mistake of doing an organised trip, but equally in a place I wasn't familiar with, it, it took a lot of the risk out. But... Um, I'm not a big fan of these um, organised tours, uh, to be honest, and I hadn't done one for an awful long time. And um, <laughs> once I got on it, I remembered why, but never mind. Uh, but one thing I did get to do, um, there was an opportunity to grab an early morning uh, trip on the Chobe River, and it turned out I was the only person. So the guys came and picked me up, and there were only three of us in the boat. And it was run by one of the local companies, and they had this um, boat, it was about two metres wide, with um, seats kind of bolted up the middle of the boat. I can't remember how many there were, maybe six, six or seven. And they rotated and they also had a, an arm with um, a kind of assembly on it so that you could use the tripod mount on your camera to just set it all up. So that's what I did. And I was able to use a different lens to my usual. So I normally use a 100 to 400 mil zoom lens and I find that it gives me a pretty good range for most of what I do it's it's good also because I'm usually hand holding the camera it's probably as heavy a lens as I'd want to hand hold otherwise I've got to shoot really fast and the other downside to wildlife photography is that often you're photographing early in the morning or late at night where the light isn't at its best from um a purely photography standpoint or you're under trees or in forest and places like that so you're constantly having to adjust I, I tend to push the ISO up a little bit but then I run the risk of having quite a noisy image which um, with some of the post-processing software I've got now um, th that I use that can reduce that but it, I prefer to start off with something as clean as possible so the, the problem and I'm sure many wildlife photographers will agree with this uh, depending on exactly what they photograph but you do end up in this sort of compromised situation a lot of the time anyway so I normally use the 100 to 400 millimeter zoom lens the Canon one and um, I was able to use a um, I think it was a one it was under 100 135 to 600 and that was really good on this arm arrangement in the boat because that was then taking most of the weight which meant that I would freedom move it around I had it on a fairly loose uh, kind of ball head setting on the, the mount um, but it did allow me to get in a bit closer than I, I normally would um, there were one or two little trade-offs I was still having to push the ISO a bit because it was pretty early in the morning but having said that it was it was a good trip so um, this this guy came and picked me up we had a, an interesting conversation on the way down to the boat he was telling me um, about seeing a mother and a baby elephant now, I'd been out on the Chobe River the previous afternoon, so I actually knew what he was talking about in the area he was talking about. But what had happened, the um, the calf had died, essentially. And 
I, th I think it was natural causes. I'm not quite sure what the cause was. It, it wasn't predated, though. It, it had died. And the mother just stayed with it and stayed with it for several days and was pushing it every now and again to try and get a response. And the crocodiles around there, so they have Nile crocodiles in that, that area of um, Egypt, and they were kind of hanging back because they obviously realised there was some food there for them. But the mother was not going to let these crocodiles have the baby. And basically... Um, the the local people so the guide was telling me but there were sort of local people in the area they were there on and off for several days and this elephant it took i think three or four days before it finally just had to move on because the the herd of elephant were moving on and she extremely reluctantly left her baby behind and then of course the the crocodiles and other animals went in which is just the way of things so um that was an interesting story he told me as we were driving down to where we were going to pick up the boat. And um, it was just myself, this guy who was the guide uh, on, on these tours usually, and um, then the guy driving the boat. So because it was just us and, and um, you know, I didn't need all the, the touristy stuff. So we actually had a really nice trip. And I used this 600mm lens or this zoom lens up to 600 And... Um, Heading out on the river, because it was that early, it wasn't particularly busy as far as tourists go. So it was more or less at the, more or less just us. There were one or two other boats around from time to time, but not very many. And the river was quite calm. And there was an amazing reflection from the greens of the trees um, and um, the, the, um, the flora basically reflected in the river. There'd been quite a lot of rain in the weeks preceding my arrival there. And in fact, um, over the previous few days, we'd been, as part of this sort of organized thing, we'd been going to areas that were normally good spots to see wildlife. They were water holes and all this kind of thing. And there was no wildlife to be seen because there was so much water and food around that they were just heading off in different places. So I think I probably saw more wildlife from the side of the road, the main road, that we were on running through Botswana than I did at these um, sort of wildlife spots. Um, however, back, so back down at the river, we were going through, and there are quite a lot of hippos around. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but many people think the crocodiles, and there were definitely um, quite a few crocodiles around as well. Many people think the crocodiles are the more dangerous animal, but in fact, the hippos are the, one you've, the ones you've got to watch because they are quite unpredictable they can be very aggressive and they're responsible for killing more people than any other large animal in Africa and the locals and this is definitely true for the guy driving our boat because he was very wary of them and we would kind of pull up every now and again and we'd stop because we'd have a good area there were one or two areas that were just great because I could see hippos mostly under the water but they'd just come up and be um they'd actually be almost blowing spray out of their nostrils so you have this sort of vertical spray going on and then they disappear again or they'd be I don't know if they were playing or just jousting with one another but there'd be a bit of splashing and commotion going on in the water and I'd be getting photographs of them and at one stage we were kind of pulled in close to a bank and we knew we had maybe around six hippos that were gradually getting close to us but because they're, they're underwater you can't see them and hippos don't swim per se. They, they tend to sort of walk along the bottom of the, the river or whatever they're in or bounce up and down a bit. But you often can't see exactly where they, they are. And 
I realized I wasn't too concerned about it at the time. So I thought we had a way out, but we were actually getting gradually surrounded as we were up close to this bank. And um, suddenly I heard a commotion behind us. We'd actually just started to back up a little bit because the guy had decided, the guy who was driving had decided we were um, probably as close to the hippos as he was comfortable with. And then this huge commotion kicked off at the back. And what had happened, there was another hippo behind us that we hadn't realised. And then certainly the guy driving hadn't seen it. And of course, he that then popped up as we began to um, to back up. So he we just took off. I mean, he just got us out of there. Um, uh, we had another incident with hippo. And I did get photographs of this one because we... This was actually later on. It was after we'd stopped for our breakfast and other things, which I'll come to in a moment. But uh, we were we had to go down this particular channel to get back to where we needed to go. So if you're not familiar, the um, Chobe River is it, basically made up of channels that are... Um, so, so during full flood, I'm, I'm sure a lot of these things are completely underwater, but because we were sort of partial, uh, there, there were a lot of areas of land and grass that were out of the water. So... Um, we were basically using these river channels to move around. Now, there was one we needed to use, but unfortunately, this particular hippo was sat in the middle of it. And as we started to go closer, it, it started behaving very aggress- aggressively. It was um, sort of yawning at us, splashing its head about this kind of thing. So we'd stopped and then it started to come towards us and then it just took off and it was charging us. There's this whole bow wave of water in front of it. And the guy, so I'm, I'm, I, you know, the instinct kicked in. So I managed to grab a few frames of it charging at us. But we're moving up and down because this guy was just in full reverse and getting us out of there. So um, we were beginning to wonder what, how we're going to get back, frankly, because we really needed to go down that particular channel. Anyway, it just stopped, looked at us for um, a moment or two, and then just turned around and went back and actually climbed out of this channel and went off to... Um, to get some grass but what it did it actually marked its territory now um the way hippos do that is not particularly nice so what what it does it actually um urinates and um it, it's, it's a sort of excrement going on as well while it's shaking it the back half of its body so essentially you've got this spray of feces and urine flying everywhere and um you know that's that's uh, not a party you want to be going to particularly so uh, that's what it was doing and then it just went off and started eating so we 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 went back to where we were going but the the guide had said he'd never seen one do that before normally when they are standing their ground or defending a particular river channel they will um they won't go they'll, they'll really stand their ground and not let you pass so you know i don't know what was going on with that animal but it certainly worked for us on that occasion so earlier on we'd been um so we'd seen the hippos and we'd got out of there when we were in this situation when we had this group uh, uh, surrounding us uh, or just about to surround us. And um, there were a few um, African fish eagles around. So they'd be stand. They, they like to go on a bow or somewhere where they've got some view of the river uh, because then they can see fish, obviously, which is their main prey. And um, I, did, had, I didn't see a lot of them, but the, the previous day I'd seen a few up in a tree um or one one particular actually was in a tree that we got right underneath it was just up on the bow and then um, we did see others that were were around and of course the other animals that you see quite a lot of are the Nile crocodiles and um so this is where I, <laughs> I had one of my more interesting photographs the the so remember the locals that they're worried about hippos but they're not that fussed about the crocs but 
I'm still, I mean, I've lived in Australia. I've been up in Northern Territory where they have these huge salties, um, crocodiles, which are sort of very similar to the Nile crocodiles. And um, so my instinct is to not get too close to them. Uh, anyway, we'd, um, there were a couple on the bank and this guy was driving close to the bank. So one of them took off and just dove into the river. Um, and this, as this guy pulled up right against the bank, but there was another one there and it didn't move. And uh, so it's about, say around two and a half metres, possibly three metres long, but definitely two and a half metres long. And we've pulled up, now we've parked right against the bank. It's probably no more than a metre away, or, or, you know, on the bank. I'm sat in this chair. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a two metre wide boat. So I'm, I'm basically two metres from this crocodile. And um, it's slightly above us. So the bank was slightly higher than our boat. So it's slightly above us and uh, kind of observing us. And I'm thinking, okay, this is nice, different. Um, I'm going to look through my camera because if I'm getting frightened by something, I actually find it's, it's a, I don't like heights very much. Sometimes I'll just look through the viewfinder and that takes some of that away. Uh, on this occasion, it really didn't work. But anyway, I got these shots of the... Um, the eye of this crocodile really close, but essentially because I was just so close to it, um, with a, a little effort, I could have probably reached out and, and touched it if I'd leant right out of the boat. But I'm, you know, even I'm not quite that stupid. Uh, and then, of course, it started hissing, which <laughs> didn't make me feel any better at all about it. Um, so, but, uh, you know, of course, having been a pom in Oz, um, so English person in Australia is the translation of that. Uh, you, you try not to show fear because you know the locals will really take the rise out of you as much as possible. So I had that instinct kick in. And I, I have to say, I was very pleased when um, the, the guy driving the boat decided it was time to go. So, um, yeah, that was um, a, a kind of a clenching. <laughs> All sorts of places were clenched during that encounter. But I did get some great photographs. I was really pleased with the photographs. And um, it was really good getting... The, you know, sort of in hindsight, getting that close to the crocodile. Uh, we did go over to um, another sort of part of the river, which is you often see a lot of elephants. But as I said, there'd been a lot of rain previously and um, there, were, there was nothing. There wasn't even much in the way of tracks there. They had seen elephants a few days earlier, but um, nothing while we were there. And this was on a like a little sort of small beach area and... Um, the um, the track the track that went right down into the river went sort of back over the bank and off into the distance and there were a few crocodiles it's all about two meters so smaller uh, Nile crocodiles but just um, sitting there at the bank and we actually pulled up right next to them and we were sitting there having our breakfast and a cup of coffee and uh, they were quite happy and then we sort of just jumped out of the boat to um, just go and um, have a pee, essentially. Go bushy-bushy is the uh, bushy bushy is the appropriate phrase. So I was kind of watching <laughs> what went on because having just had my breakfast, I didn't want to then turn into breakfast for something else. But um, yeah, it was all good and um, we were back in the boat. So that was... I, I could have spent longer, but I was on this uh, sort of tour thing. And I, 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 in fact, I needed to get into Zimbabwe anyway That uh, by around sort of midday that day. So I didn't have masses of time uh we were we were a couple of hours i think an hour and a half from the border or something but um it was certainly good to get out on the river and i think being out on a river gives you a different perspective of these animals so i've you know they're hippos in the water there are crocodiles swimming uh various other things in the water 
um, and getting in the water gives you that perspective. If you can get low down, particularly when it's quite still, uh, particularly with those shots like early on with the green, where you where you get the trees and grass and anything else reflected in the water. And I was shooting with quite a narrow depth of field, so my foreground, so just the water in between me and the animal, and then the the background was going a bit out of focus. So I was trying to keep the animal shut, particularly when the hippos had their mouths open. So I was trying to get these these massive um, sort of canine teeth they have. And um, yeah, just try and get a nice balance of, of um, shot there. But again, as I say, the ISO was a bit of an issue because I was having to run with a fairly high ISO. And I, and I find when I'm doing a zoom lens on the sort of longer zoom, um, what happens is your 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 aperture gets compromised a little bit. So uh, you, you can't have a fully open aperture on the zoom lens. You generally get the better aperture when you're on the, the shorter focal length. So um, you're, you're really, your only option really is to compensate compensate by changing the ISO and therefore you, you're looking at a potentially grainier picture. But they, they sort of came out okay. I've not tried blowing any of them up yet to a really big size. I'm planning to do that with... Um, a new release of fine art prints. So I need to get a new collection out and I, I would like to get one or two of those because I just think the feel of them is just really lovely with that that um, grassy feel. Okay, so that really though is, um, I guess a, a quick summary of what it was like to just jump out early and do an early morning um, wildlife shoot on the Chobe River. So I was just doing it on my own obviously and really building up stock photography and um, excuse me, photography to draw on for fine art. But yeah, there was some, um, yeah, a couple of interesting interesting experiences while we were were out on the boat. So that was definitely a fun thing to do. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that's been useful. If you want to know more, um, there's a link in the description, but www.creativephotographyacademy.com and you will then find portfolio and bits about me and some of the images I've spoken about in there possibly I can't can't remember what's in the portfolio but anyway thank you for listening I hope you have a great day whatever you're doing and um, I look forward to connecting with you again on another podcast so bye for now just before I go I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined Uh, with the podcast Buzzsprout which is the um, the platform I use for all of my podcasts they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now.